You're listening to This Is How We See It with your host, Eric Lee. The show where we say it like we see it. Thanks for tuning in to the show. Welcome to it. My name is Eric Lee, and in the studio with me, I've got Missy. Hello. So, Wake County Schools, which is where we live, our city, Raleigh, is in Wake County, will require all students and staff to wear face masks for this coming school year. And, um, you know, more and more schools are uh, requiring school. What's interesting to me and what I don't understand is how they think that these little children are going to wear masks all day. I just, I, I, I don't... I don't understand how they think that the children are going to keep a mask on their face all day. Children don't want to be constricted like that. Yeah, they don't want to. But, you know, a lot of people are protesting against that, against wearing the mask. But good Lord. (laughs) First of all, I've been fully vaccinated and I do understand that, you know, vaccinated people can spread the virus. That mask, I, 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 it just, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't, it, it just, it feels, I don't know. It's, I, I just don't like the way, I, you know, I got a goatee and it's all sweaty and <laughs> hot. And then people glasses are fogging up because, you know, I guess the breath, they talking in the mask and it's going yeah, up yeah. to their glasses. It's just very uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, I, I may get to a point where I start, I start wearing it. I, I don't know. I got vaccinated. So I don't, I wouldn't have to wear a mask that really, Honestly, you know, and I thought you got vaccinated, so you would. Well, die. and and I wouldn't, <laughs> you know, get COVID, but yeah. I, that's why I got vaccinated, yeah. so I don't have to go around and with mask, and I ain't got to worry about all that. But you know, yeah. you know, I, I I I'm just interested in in seeing how they they are going to make these children, especially elementary school children. Yeah, and I have asthma, and that mask, it, I can. Barely breathe. I've been fully vaccinated too, but it's it's hard to breathe. Even just riding along slow, you know, know, especially in this heat and it's it's, you know ninety something. It's it's rough. But what about the the mask that? You know, it's clear and it's like a shield. I don't know. I don't know how I would want a shield in front of my face. I'm just not sure about it. I'm just, some people like it. I have one. You need to look at it and see. I've seen plenty of shields. Mm -hmm. I've seen a plenty of them. Yeah, but you haven't had one on. And it's just on the forefront. Just on the forehead. That shift covers your whole uh, It does. Face. I'm saying the thing is just on the oh, forehead. Oh, yeah. I just, it's down. not even that. It's just, uh, I don't know how I'm a shield. I already got something covering my mouth and nose. Do I want something covering my eyes? I don't know. It's a see-through thing I don't world. care. It's, it, there's a barrier. There's a barrier. There's something in front of my face. And I just, I don't, I don't like, I don't like stuff touching (laughs) my face. I just, I don't like it. I just, I I don't understand how they're going to make these kids wear these masks. They are going to have a hard time um, making these children uh, keep their mask on. So the law is that they have to go back to school? Wake County. Yeah, they're They're going back to school. No. Unless you were already in the virtual thing before, yeah, yeah. you know, all kids don't go to in school. They go to this virtual academy and stuff like that. Like my nephew last year yeah. was going to virtual academy. But he's doing it again. Yeah. Well, I heard I, my, my brother didn't tell me anything about that. So, uh, but, you know, 
He didn't do so well last year on it, so I guess miraculously he will be a, a student uh, this time with the virtual. Learn- everybody can't do I can. I can learn that way, but everybody can't. Everybody yeah. is not just like I work from home. Everybody can't work from home. People, yeah. Some people need that interaction. They need to go into the office and, you know, have that interaction with yeah. people. I don't. I actually would prefer not to uh, go into an office. Sometimes I miss the interaction with people, though. Really? I do. Sometimes I miss, you know, because you got to be on the phone a lot. Because you can't just walk out of your office into another person's office and talk. Mm -hmm. So you got to be on calls a lot. But I've been working from home since 2010. Yes. And so I am pretty used to it by now. But again, everybody's not. And everybody isn't disciplined enough. Like I know I need to be logged on. And working, some people all in the bed when they should be, you know, uh, working and, Mm -hmm. you know, doing the going out and stuff. That's not me because my job, any minute a client will email me or call me. Hey, I need this. I need that. You know, so um, I'm not able to to do that. Some people might be, but I'm just not. Yeah. Yeah, because when when, um, you... Um, weren't doing this job, this type of job, and you had <laughs> you had to go in to another job when you was working at that place. You know, I think that kind of did something to you. But mm. didn't you like it? Didn't you? Didn't you like? I, I having, liked. I liked the interaction with yeah, people. Yeah. I did not like the job though. But you didn't like getting up, going to that job. Um, you liked the job, but. Just no, I did pro- not like the job. You didn't. No, I did not. You made friends. Oh, I didn't make any friends. What friends did I make? Um, <laughs> no, I no, I didn't really make any friends. But um, you need to quit. You made friends. Oh, uh, okay. Well, um, it just wasn't me. It wasn't the kind of work that I was used to doing, and so I just um, and then the old job because you know they laid me off in 2017. I've been in, with that company for 23 years. Yeah. And then they laid me off in 2017. And then from 2017 to 2018, I worked at this place that was just a physical toll on me. And then they called me back and said, oh, no, we need you back. We need you back. And then they laid me off again in 2019. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I got the job that I'm doing now. Which is just like the ones that they laid you off. It's a totally different company. But but you oh. Oh, it's a totally different company. Okay, so you're out, you're. Um, yields didn't roll over to this. No, because it's two separate companies. I've been at this company for a year and a half now. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. you knew people from the other company that well, were the laid guy, off on. the guy that I used to work for when they brought me back uh-huh. went to this company, and then when they laid me off again, he um, gave my stuff to this new company, and uh-huh. they were like, "Oh God, we need him." Yeah, and so I came here, and then I brought. Uh, some uh, one of my coworkers at the old company. I brought her here because right. I gave her, I gave them her resume, and they loved it because we used to work close together. Right, and uh, so they hired her too, and then some other people from the other job. We just bought this new company, and the CEO and the second person we used to work for at the other company. Oh, okay, and so now they're over here too. Yeah. At uh at this new company, so you know it's a family reunion. Family reunion. Yes. So uh, now we have a close family member that was just diagnosed with COVID recently. Yeah. 
And uh, now he's young and strong, so he didn't have to be hospitalized. But he talked about he was feeling really bad. Like uh, he had been hit with a freight train. And uh, so COVID is real, y'all. I hear people say, do y'all know anybody who I actually had COVID? Yes, I do. Actually, I know a lot of people. And then this one, I think, is the closest one. Uh, that that had that we know, it, right, yes. that we know who yeah. had it. But he's doing good. He's oh, doing yeah. good now. Oh yeah. yeah, he's doing good. And uh, like I said, he's young. He's very young. Yeah. And so I'm assuming his body was able to kind of. He was Fight down. Out. He was down for a while though. Yeah. But it wasn't enough. He did go to the hospital. Right. But it wasn't enough for them to incubate him and right. put him on a ventilator. Right. But he's still on the two week. He, oh yeah. He. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Fourteen he, days. And his. His baby mama. Yeah. So uh, this thing is real, people. And and just because y'all don't know nobody who who has COVID or who had it, that don't mean that it ain't real. Because I do. I actually I knew a lot. I know a lot of people that had it. Yeah. Um. And some people died from it. Yeah. I know a couple that died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, I but don't did know. not know that they had COVID. Some people go into the hospital of, on another medical problem and, and why they're there. You know, my, um, my daughter's father-in-law and grandmother-in-law died from COVID. I do know that. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I know people yeah. who died from it. So, uh, you know, just because y'all don't know anyone who had it or anyone who died from it doesn't mean that it's not real and it's not happening. Yes. So, um, mother and father, mother, wait a minute, her brother, her father-in-law and his mother died mm-hmm. a day apart mm-hmm. from each other with COVID. Yeah. We talked about that on the show. Um, I was watching Netflix and they had a fantastic documentary on Quincy Jones. Oh, I saw it. And it was called Quincy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Quincy Jones is one of the, I mean, most prolific producers in music of all time. Yes. I mean, this man has been doing this for years and worked on some of the most iconic albums ever made. Uh, He was the producer on it. Mm -hmm. And a couple of things that was interesting to me that I didn't know and uh, I don't know if a lot of other people know, but Quincy, his mother was a schizophrenic. Yeah. And uh, he watched her. I think he said he was six years old and how he watched her taken away, being put into a straight jacket uh, in their house. Like he said, the people, the men came into their house mm-hmm. and said, just throw on the bed and put her put a straight jacket yeah. on her and mm-hmm. carried her and carried her off to a mental institution yeah. and how he was talking about you know how at the at that time he didn't understand you know like why are they doing this to my mom you know right. but she was you know paranoid schizophrenic right. and, and I uh, think that's how um she and the husband broke up because he didn't know what was wrong with her. He just thought she was just, you know. Well, he knew because he's the one who called the uh, the mental institution and tell him, y'all need to come get yeah, but her she because she's crazy. Oh, um, maybe not. Well, most who... people don't. You know, some people, most people don't know. Now we are aware yeah. of paranoia and stuff yeah. like that. But back then, 
people didn't know that word, uh, you know, like that. And mm. it wasn't as prevalent as it is now. Yeah. And he talked about how he and his brother were raised by their father. Yes. And he was gone a lot because he was trying to work and, and provide and yeah. he, and he wasn't there with them a lot. And how, uh, Quincy said that the first thing he wanted to be was a gangster. Yeah. Said he wanted like he that's what he saw. He said the south side of Chicago, but even back then was rough. Yeah. And he said that's what you saw were gangsters, black gangsters, you know, in the neighborhood, and he wanted to be one. And um was doing some things too, you know, like stealing and robbing people. And went to jail and, a few times. And his father then took him to live with his with his mother. So Quincy's grandmother yeah. kind of really raised uh Quincy and his brother. Right. And, and they uh, were nice looking too. Yeah. And that daddy was handsome too. Yeah, the mother wasn't ugly either. No. Mm. Um she uh, he said that one time this is now this is what int- this was just interesting to me. He said one time he broke into this building. He didn't even know what the building was, he said. He just broke into it cuz he wanted to break into it and mm-hmm. see, you know, what was going on. And he said they had a piano in it. And he said he sat down and was like playing the piano. And he said after that, he knew that that's what he wanted to do. He knew mm-hmm. that music was what he wanted to do. He said, forget forget being a gangster. I think this right here is my calling. Yeah. And so that's when he started to pursue uh, music. It's yeah. just, that's just strange and, you know, uh, odd, you know, mm-hmm. that that's how he, you know, um, that's how he came into it. Now, here's a lot of things that I didn't know. Now, he's, he started a company called Quest Broadcasting Company. Yeah. And they had a record label. Remember, Tevin Campbell was on yeah. his record label. Yeah. I think Tamia was on Quest for a minute, or mm. she did a couple of songs on Quest. I think did Michael do something? No, not Michael. He wasn't on Quest uh, records. Oh, he just produced a lot of Michael stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, Lionel Richie was he on it. No, Lionel Richie was Motown. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, here's what I did know: Quincy Jones's Quest company was the producer of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. He oh, is really? responsible for the Fresh Prince. He said he called Will and said, I got a part for you. That's how Will became the Fresh Prince. Oh, yeah. And here's what another thing I didn't know. Quincy Jones owned Vibe magazine. Oh. That was his magazine. I never knew that. I never heard that. And so that's why I tell you, that's why I love watching those documentaries about, you know, people. Because you just, you don't know the stuff. Yeah. That uh, that you know they were into, and yeah. and and um, he just talked about you know all all the albums and the people that he worked with that mm-hmm. I never even knew. Mm-hmm. Um, led, uh, I think he said not led. Uh, was it Led Zeppelin? I think it was Led Zeppelin. He worked with them, David mm-hmm. Bowie. Yeah, yeah. Um, just a whole whole lot of people, you know, that he um. That he produced and, and yeah, this little young white boy he saw well, Josh Groban yeah, and yeah. then uh, he founded um, Michael Bublé. Yes. No, 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 no. no. Michael Bublé. I'm sorry. Josh Groban and Michael Bublé were founded by David Foster, which was another documentary I saw. Okay. We'll be back in a moment. Okay. Stay right with us.
We are back. Thanks for coming back with us. Uh, yeah, Quincy Jones. Yeah, no, no, uh, that was my mistake. Josh Groban and Michael Bublé were founded by David Foster, okay. who I saw the documentary after Quincy Jones, which was fascinating yeah, too. I've seen that. Uh, but yeah, Quincy Jones has um, there he a lot of instrumentalists. Uh, I don't know their names, but I, re- I remember it was one black guy from uh, South Africa. Oh, that, I saw uh, that, yes. He was, um, yeah, and then there was a, a pianist, a couple of pianists yeah. that uh, he uh, mentored, he's mentoring and stuff. And so it was a great documentary. And then I watched the David Foster one. His was even better. Yeah. Not better, but his was just as good as Quincy. And David Foster and Quincy Jones are actually very good friends. Yes. And so... Um, did you hear how he said that um, his mother saw him or uh, something? He was in the paper or something like that um, when he had first started doing, you know, he was yeah, doing he, really yeah, good. He was a one time from he her. was going to give it up and stuff. Right. Stuff well, all, like everybody. Yeah. yeah. And he said she called him and told him he was the devil. Well, he told, oh, you talking about Quincy Jones' right, mother. Right, yes. Right. Um, yes. And, and she, she, she uh, one day she showed up. Yeah. Uh, at uh, at his one of his concerts, I think he said, and showed out yes. because they wouldn't let her come in and he see him. Said he was so embarrassed. Well, of course he was. He yeah. was the, that was his show, and then the mother showing up, and yeah. you know she yelling, "That's my son!" And you know people are. Oh, she was calling them names when she showed up. Well, she's always she's kids, you know. Yeah. She, so you know, he said that he used to take that. Stuff kind of personal, but then he yeah. had to realize this woman is not, you know. But he and said he don't allow her to be around his Well, his well, he, she was at first because there are videos, but he said that he would get nervous and he would watch. He would stand there yeah. and not let her be alone with his kids because right. there are videos with her playing with them. On the sliding board. Right, uh-huh. and, and you can tell that's him that's taping. Somebody's taping, and he said he would always be right there. Yeah. He said because he would was just nervous he didn't know what she was going to do or you know what you know hey schizophrenia ain't no telling you know right. them, those voices you know um and you know telling you things that are actually not there so but the david foster one and uh, i learned that david foster was very arrogant he even said to him he admitted he said i was very arrogant he said and a lot of people didn't like me he said they they couldn't stand me. He said, but they would tolerate me because I made hits. Okay. And so okay. he he talked about in particular the group Chicago, how uh, they can't even to this day they can't stand him because one of the reasons why because Chicago had had hits and then they went down, uh-huh. and then uh, the record label was like, we need David Foster to come in here. And uh, and he actually came in and revived their career. But here's another thing he did. What? He took Peter Cetera, who was the lead singer of Chicago, okay. and convinced him, you need Single. to go solo. Uh-huh. And so, and the band, he said, today, the band, they are still angry. But Chicago was big. That. Well, they were, you know, they're, they, you know, you don't really see them anymore. I mean, they had their, they, they had their time. Okay, so know. what about the person that he sing out? Did, well, you know, Peter Cetera, I am the man who will fight oh, for I love you. That That's Peter Cetera. Oh, so he had man. a whole lot of the karate kid. That was a yes, karate kid yes. thing. And uh, he had a lot of hits with mm. David Foster. Mm-hmm. And then Celine Dion. You know, yeah. Celine Dion was a, she was famous in Quebec. 
But nobody else knew her outside of Quebec yeah. until David Foster came along yeah. and told her, hey, you need to, um, I got this girl. Uh, he told, I think it was Warner Brothers at the time. Uh, this girl is fantastic. And so and he was the one. speak a word of English. Right. And she, uh, look at what she became. Yeah. I mean, Celine Dion is just, you know, it ain't too many that can sing like Celine Dion. That little girl. What little girl? You know, a little girl that was on, um. The little girl, the little, um, and her name is uh, uh, Celine, and her little sister name is Dion. I don't and know she who you're can sing. About. I think she won. Won what? Um, um, AGT. Oh, I don't. I don't. I have no idea. I don't watch. I don't watch those shows. Well, she's but, a teenager now, but well, that girl can. Sing. She might can sing, but um, I pull her up face. It ain't no slit for you, Whitney Houston. To me, Celine Dion. Barbara Streisand, yeah, it ain't it ain't too many that can hold a candle to them. I mean, those women are fun. I mean, come on, they're 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 like yeah. tr- national treasure voices. CC Winan, CC Winan, you know I love me some CC, but CC didn't still have what Whitney had though. She CC could hold she could hold her own with Whitney. But they—they're just well because of the different um you know song. No, you know, it was more but, than but that. The, it was more than that. Let me tell you something. Let me, let me tell you something. Cece could sing "Rings Around Whitney." Okay, well we're not going to get into that because that is preposterous. <laughs> that is <laughs> you. Uh, you might be schizophrenic. I don't know. You might need to be. Uh, Seen I don't agree by a doctor, <laughs> but uh, Whitney had it all. She had the looks, she had the voice, she had the stage presence. See, Whitney, that's what made Whitney a star. It wasn't just her voice was superior, it was the package. It was the total package with Whitney, and th- which is why Clive, and you know, I saw Clive's uh, thing on Netflix yeah. too, which is why he said he was so gung-ho about her because it was the whole thing with her. Whitney could command. See, a lot of p- people can sing, mm-hmm. but they don't have stage presence. They don't command, yeah. you know, the stage right. like right. that. Whitney did. Whitney did. Just like... Oh, Okay, Celine Dion. Celine Dion's got the voice, but Celine Dion doesn't command the stage to me. When I see her, she does not mesmerize me. What mesmerizes me about Celine is her voice, is that range that she has. But, and even Barbara Streisand to me doesn't command that that. Well, who else commands besides Whitney? Oh, um, and and another one, Mariah Carey. She doesn't command the stage to me. Her voice is great. But she does. She she doesn't command it. It's like she is not in control. Like Whitney, you was she knew I'm on mesmer. Like like y'all are looking. Y'all eyes are on me, and I'm gonna take y'all on this. You know, on this on this ride. I don't know if any. I don't know anybody else who who had that kind of stage presence. I can't think. I'm pretty sure Whitney's not the only one. But I can't Luther. 
I mean, not comparing Luke the voice, stage he, presence. Yeah, yeah, I can see voice. that. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I, I definitely could see Luther having that stage presence where you just kind of looking like you're, you're looking everywhere where they're moving and they're walking to yeah. and, and they're, they're, they're talking to the audience and yeah. pulling people in. Yeah. That's stardom. That's mm-hmm. a star quality. Now, see, old school for me that did that was the OJs. Um, I mean, I can't, you know, I, I don't know. I've seen the OJs perform. I, I, I don't see it. I didn't see that. But you didn't for you, grow up. Yeah, you didn't grow up. But for you, it, it, might, it might be true. But, uh, but, but for me, uh, that would be Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston had it all, which every time I see or hear her now, I just, I don't know. I just feel like, oh my God, like, such a such a gift is gone yeah you know and wasted and you know so uh but yeah those documentaries uh uh david foster clive davis has one on netflix and quincy jones everybody needs to watch that i also saw this show on the id channel now i don't watch a lot of the id channel but i was up late last night Mm -hmm. what is that and i was the id channel the uh, where they have those like uh next 48 like about crimes and stuff like that and i saw this chilling one last night about a young man in a small town in pennsylvania that murdered four other young men and it was chilling how it happened. And I might even talk about that on the next show, you know, for me to really kind of dig into it and dissect it. But it was just, it was chilling. It, it was chilling. And I was just laying in bed like, oh, my God. And it rocked that town uh, in, in, in Pennsylvania. Uh, it was kind of, a you know, like a little wealthy, like a little wealthy part of, t- you know, uh, part of Pennsylvania. And, you know, they didn't see stuff like that. But this, this is something. And I, you know, I ain't going to say too much more about it, but we might talk about it um, on uh, next week's show. Um, Simone Biles returned to competition on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, she performed or she competed in the balance beam final and she won a bronze medal. She did. Uh, and she revealed on Instagram you know, as as I was talking last week, that a lot of people were saying, oh, you quit. You know, like you just, you know, you quit, you checked out, you quit. Yeah. And she said on Instagram, she said, look, guys, I did not just have a bad performance and quit. She said yeah. that it wasn't that, you know, oh, my God, I didn't do so well on this. Right, Let right. me just stop competing. Mm-hmm. She said, I've had bad performances before. She said, I simply got lost. Um, so she said, I simply got so lost that my safety was at risk as well as a team medal. So she said that she did it not just on her, you know, about her, but she did it for the team, the USA team. Right. So, um, great. Uh, and I think it ends today. I think the Olympus, the eighth, I think today's the last day and then it's, uh, gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I might do a tally of, uh, USA, uh, medals, which uh, we are doing great. Yeah. 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 I think China still is in, uh, the lead with the, um, with the gold medals though. I think we might still have the most medals, but I think China is in the lead with the most gold medals. Okay. 
California pharmaceutical giant Amgen plans to build a manufacturing facility here in Holly Springs, North Carolina, and create more than 350 jobs in the coming years after it landed an incentive package from the state and local governments on Tuesday. Amgen, one of the largest drug makers in the country, will get a job development investment grant from the state worth $12.6 million. Locally, Wake County and Holly Springs will add around $22.8 million in incentives to the project as well. So they're saying, you come build this here, we'll give you a little bit of money to build your you know, facility here okay. um, and create all these jobs. That people claim they can't get. Uh-huh. Uh, and but this is a drug company? Yeah. Amgen, the maker of popular drugs such as Enbrel, Nulesta, and Prolia, will invest $380 million into a manufacturing facility in Holly Springs. Uh-huh. Now, for those of you who don't know, Holly Springs was this little bitty, little bitty hick. We're not hick. But this little bitty town on the other side of Apex. Yeah, and and now you wouldn't even recognize you wouldn't even recognize Apex. Now. I know, I know. I mean, what's happening here uh, in this area is great, but it's also pushing house prices up, and yeah. and see that's the thing when you start. You know, all of this expect did I just burp on um on air? Oh, you did. I just burped on air and it's amazing. <laughs> we gotta take another break. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay right with us. We are back. Thanks for coming back with the song of the week. Speaking of Quincy Jones, Quincy Jones produced the second biggest album in U.S. history. And that was Michael Jackson's Thriller. Oh, yeah. Michael Jackson's Mm -hmm. Thriller sold 66 million albums. 66 million albums. Now, the only album that has sold more than that to date is the Eagles' Greatest Hits album. They have sold more than Michael Jackson's uh, Thriller. What was their big song? They had a whole lot of big songs. Who sang I'm All Out of Love? That's Air Supply. Uh, So, Song of the Week. Now, to me, this song is the most... Slept on song on the Thriller album. And I remember when Thriller, my sister, and I don't know where she got it. She probably stole it. But she came, (laughs) but she, I remember her coming into the house (laughs) and she said, Eric, look at this. And it was Michael Jackson's Thriller album. I don't know where she got it from. What money does she have you, to be you, my, you, buying you, an well, album? Someone could have gave it to her, but you were no. out of Who would have gave her Michael Jackson's <laughs> album? And I remember we listened to that album, and I just remember we were like blown away. And I think that this song is the is the one of the most slept on songs on Thriller, and it is The Lady in My Life. I love that song. 
There it is, Lady in My Life. I, I think that's one of the most, you know, Thriller went number one, PYT, um, Human Nature was the biggest, you know. Oh, yeah. Was Billie thing. Jean on the Thriller album? Yes, Billie Jean. Okay. And so those all went to number one, but Lady in My Life didn't. I don't even think Lady in My Life charted. So that's what I mean. I mean if you listen to the album, you know the song. Mm-hmm. But um, so uh, what's yeah. that song with Hey Pretty Baby? Won't you? What's that? That was on Bad, I think. You're the one for me. Yeah, or the one like for that. me. I think that's the Bad album. That's also oh, Bad the and Thrill is two different uh, things. Yes, ma'am. Bad and Thrill are two different ones. Yeah, and both of them sold zillions. Uh, yeah, Thriller's the biggest one he had, uh, 66 million. The other ones, you know, Michael Jackson used to sell 25, 30, 40 million. You know, easy. But yeah, but Thriller was um. The biggest, biggest one he had. Um, Paul Hodgkins, a 38-year-old Floridian, is now the first capital rioter convicted of a felony to be sentenced. He pled, he pled guilty last month to obstructing congressional proceedings, specifically the counting of the electoral votes, which he helped delay on January 6th. He spent about 15 minutes inside the Senate chamber wearing a Donald Trump shirt and carrying a Trump flag. The sentence is far less than the 1.5 year prison term that the Justice Department requested. At a hearing uh, last Monday, or uh, actually I think it was a couple of Mondays ago, prosecutors argued that 1.5 years would deter future political violence uh, and send a strong warning to people who may be contemplating a second act (laughs) after January 6th. But district judge Randolph Moss departed from that recommendation. He said Hodgkins contributed to a grave offense against democracy, but deserved some leniency because he pled guilty exceptionally early and wasn't involved in violence and issued a sincere apology. So you can uh, show your tail. Yeah, you can uh, um, participate in insurrection against the country mm-hmm. and just say, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm and, you know, appear sincere about it, yeah. and, you know. Um, so. I'm sure that everybody I'm sure has heard the testimonies of the four officers that were defending the Capitol on January 6th. They testified before some members of Congress about what they went through. I'm going to play a little bit of it. Now I will tell you that uh, there is a word that uh, I'm going to keep on here um, that might be offensive because I think it's just, I think it, it, it just gives you the full, you know, um, understanding about what this officer went through uh, at the time. The so, yeah, so I'm just going to play a little bit of it. I was more afraid to work at the Capitol than my entire deployment to Iraq. The writers call me a traitor, a disgrace, and shouted that I, I, an army better than a police officer, should be executed. I was grabbed, beaten, tased, all while being called a traitor to my country. I was at risk of being stripped of and killed with my own firearm as I heard chants of kill him with his own gun. I could still hear those words in my head today. Several attempted to knock me over and steal my baton. 
one latched onto my face and got his thumb in my right eye, attempting to gouge it out. I cried out in pain and managed to shake him off. One woman in a pink MAGA shirt yelled, you hear that, guys? This nigger voted for Joe Biden. Then the crowd, perhaps around 20 people, joined in screaming, boo, nigger. Another black officer later told me he had been confronted by insurrectionists in the Capitol who told him, put your gun down and we'll show you what kind of nigger you really are. Ahead of today's testimony. So that's just some, and, and, and we watched it. I, you, I remember watching this and just remember my mouth was open the whole time. Like I could not believe that um, this was going on. I just remember watching the insurrection and uh, these police officers, what they went through uh, trying to defend, you know, uh, trying to defend the people you know, that were even the senators and the, con, you know, the uh, representatives that were even in, you know, um, in the building that yeah. day and and, uh, and the stuff that they went through. It's just a shame. And, and, and I certainly hope that nothing like that ever happens again. There were a lot of people that were arrested, oh, yeah. but this guy is the first one who uh, has been sentenced uh, for it. So um, and a lot of people they found through Facebook. Yeah. Yes, See, that's yeah. what I be telling you about that stuff y'all put on Facebook follows you. It sure does. It sure does. And um, so a lot of them are still going through therapy over that. A lot of them actually, and you can hear these men saying, I, I literally thought I was going to die that yeah. day. Like I thought, I really thought that this is the end for me and I'm not going to see my family anymore. And I just can't imagine, you know, uh, what, what, what they went through and what they were feeling uh on that so let's talk about the baby now we've you've heard about the baby uh controversy right i'm pretty sure by now everyone has heard about the baby the baby is a rapper okay yeah he was on stage performing at the rolling loud festival and said to the crowd this is what he said to the crowd if you didn't show up today with HIV AIDS or any of them deadly sexually transmitted diseases that'll make you die in two to three weeks, then put your cell phones in the air. So, you know, what? Mm-hmm. then he says, ladies, if your blank smells like water, put your cell phone lighter in the air. What? Mm-hmm. Then he says, fellas, if you ain't sucking blank in the parking lot, put your cell phone lighter in the air. So this HIV AIDS, yes, HIV AIDS, women, mm-hmm. and then this. Uh, you know, put Was your cell hot? phone. I, I don't know. Now, he is certainly allowed to feel the way he wants to about homosexuality. He's a straight man. He's not supposed to understand homosexuality. Most straight men don't. Most straight men don't know how a man can be attracted to another man. They ain't never going to understand right. it because they're not supposed to. They're, they're, they're not, you know, they can't uh, understand that. But my problem is because, you know, a lot of people are saying, 
oh, well, because he spoke out against this, then everybody is, you know, uh, against him. But it's it, it wasn't that. It wasn't that he, he, you know, didn't agree with homosexuality. My thing with him in this is how insensitive it was of him to make statements about people with HIV and AIDS. I mean, if you didn't come in here with HIV AIDS, um, put your cell phone lighters in the air. I mean, how insensitive is it for him to say something like this? And we will continue this when we come back, back in a moment. Thanks for coming back with us. Talking about the the baby controversy. How old is he? Uh, he's young. I don't know how exactly how old he is. Okay, but that goes mine right there. But the how insensitive uh, his comments were about HIV and AIDS, and 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 the thing that you know everyone was saying. So he 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 talked about HIV and AIDS. He was misogynistic about women, and then he went on this thing about fellas, if you ain't sucking, you know, in mm-hmm. the parking lot, mm-hmm. um, you know. I think that, and, and, and what's happening is he's being dropped left and right by sponsors. Oh. Was he real big? I don't think so because I, I had never heard. I mean, I've it's so many babies and, you know, ain't it little baby? Ain't somebody called little baby? And That must be who I'm trying to I don't know, but uh, all of the festivals that he was supposed to appear at have all dropped him. Okay. And um, that mouth. Yeah. Um, and the thing that the thing of it is not everybody living with HIV or AIDS is gay. You know, everybody right. that's living with HIV, AIDS are not gay. They, some got from infusion. Exactly. And there are some straight women that got it from down low men and vice versa. Yeah. Some men got it from women. So yeah. everybody is not gay that has HIV and AIDS. And the thing is, is that there is, to, even though we've come a long way with treatments and, you know, things, drugs yeah. that are helping people with HIV and AIDS live, you know, normal lives. Yeah. But there's still like a stigma for that. Nobody yeah. still wants that. Right. And I don't get the part about the water. If there's women about the water. I, 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 I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I also think that what about all the people living with HIV and AIDS that were in that audience supporting you? Yeah. You don't even know came to really exactly see that and hear came you. and support you. And then here you are on stage. Calling somebody Exactly. Out. If you didn't come here with HIV and AIDS, put your phones there. But what about the people that were there that did and yeah. are living with it? Like, why would you say And you know that everybody like was that? there came to see you. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. Um, and, and, and not only that, but what about his gay fans? If he didn't think that anybody in that audience was gay, then he's stupid. Yeah. What about those fans that supported you? Like, I, I, I just don't understand why he, first of all, you're a straight man. Why did you even feel the need to even go there like that? Right, like, like right. why was that important to you to say something like who's doing something in the parking lot? Why are you even concerned with that? 
Yeah. And was that part of his? <laughs> that looks a little funny to me, you know, honestly. Um, but I don't know. The whole thing, again, he's being dropped. He apologized. But a lot of people are saying, you know, uh, uh, too little, too late. Too little, too late on your apology. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't, you know, I don't know. I just felt that it was unfortunate um, because now you're going through this backlash. And I bet you wish, how many times have we said on this show, just because you can say something does not mean you should say it. What you say in the privacy of your own home, around your family, your friends, that's fine. And I don't even think that anyone is saying that, you know, like somebody uh, was saying something about, oh, people trying to force homosexuality. Who's, who's, Who's trying to force homosexuality on anybody nobody's trying to force homosexuality on him you know but but why it just it's strange to me why he felt the need to say that like why are you as a straight man even thinking about men in the parking lot doing doing that like that's that's kind of weird to me but here is something else that somebody brought to my attention they said it's interesting how he gets backlash for the for the gay thing, but that his music is so full of misogyny, violence, drugs, and all that stuff, but that's okay for him to talk about that. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> Nobody is coming after him for talking about uh, women and, 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 you know, violence and drugs mm-hmm. and that stuff. Nobody's coming after him about that. But as Just soon as gay. he says something about gays, oh, the world is against him. So that was kind of a good point, <laughs> yeah. too, that, uh, you know, a lot of people were saying, too, that, you know, um, if we're going to call him out, let's call him out for all of his music. Even though the, he, he didn't do a song about homosexuality, he just, that, the words that he said before he started the song, that's what yeah. he's uh, being, you know. But I don't know people. Did I, people stay for his um Well, the, the video album? went off. I, you know, I don't know. The video went off. And so I don't know. I don't know what people You don't know did. if that was the beginning or the end. Of it was it. the beginning of it. It was before he started the song. As soon as he came out on the stage, put your cell phones in the air if... You know, you didn't bring HIV AIDS in here. That should have been the end of his show right there. Well, you know, and a lot of people are saying no more. And and again, the st- I think it's the stigma with HIV AIDS. I think that uh, because you can't, you can't, you can't try to censor him, you know, for his views. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. it, like for his views against you know, gay, homosexual, you know, whatever, right, like, like that's yeah. his business. Yeah. But when you start saying crazy stuff like that, like, really? Like, like, and, and, and again, it's not that anybody is trying to force him to approve of homosexuality. Right. Nobody right. is trying to do that. But why did you feel the need to go on this rant and disparage millions of people that number one are gay, that support you. Yeah. And if you don't think that anybody gay bought your album or supports you, then you're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> HIV, people living with HIV and AIDS. If you don't think that anybody bought your music with HIV and AIDS, that's stupid. And, um, you know, and then this thing about women, you know, 
which you know they they rap music has has always sort of been you know misogynistic uh, about that. So. I don't know. And, 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 you know, a lot of people are saying he deserves to be banned. Um, people, you just can't say everything out your mouth. Is anybody on his side with that? Well, T.I. kind of did a video and people were, you know, T.I. said that, you know, I'm not, T.I. said, I'm not endorsing what he said. He said, but he has a right to say it. Right. Well, okay, and now people have a right to do what they're doing and withdraw their support from them and kick them off of festivals. You talking about T.I. Harris? T.I. Harris. Well, isn't the government looking well, at him? Well, that's my thing. That's another <laughs> thing I said. I said, really, T.I.? You, you really, you are really the last one that should be talking about oh, something yeah. like that with all that's going on with you, yeah. even though nothing has been proven. Oh, really? With T.I. and Tiny. Nothing has been proven with T.I. and Tiny. Nobody can't prove. That it's it's in, They're investigating it, but, um, you know, ain't nobody proven nothing about them, you know. Oh, These, so the people, the so-called people that participated are not saying anything. Oh, these are the people that are coming out. But where's your see? Th- where's your proof? I I keep saying this on this show. Shakana says she time. knows for a fact. Who? Shakana. Who's? Oh, the little friend. Yeah, How she that know used for to be. How she know for a fact? Well, maybe she's been participating. So, but where's her proof? Maybe I she still... got Bill Clinton's dress. Okay, uh, well uh, then let's see it. Who is that, Monica, Monica Lewinsky? <laughs> well, let's see it. If you've got if you've got the dress, the blue dress. Then let's see it. I still do not understand how somebody can make an accusation with no proof and everybody just jumps on the bandwagon. Oh, yeah, he touched me 20 years ago. Well, okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's it's weird to me. I don't understand it. Uh, but, yeah, T.I. and Tiny, you know, and, and something else. And he's being investigated for something else besides, no, it's sexual assault. Yeah. I think it's just sexual assault yeah. that um, he's under. Scarlett Johansson, who plays Black Widow in the Avenger movies, is suing Disney because she said they promised her that her new movie, Black Widow, would exclusively be released in theaters. But what they did, they released it in theaters and on Disney+. Plus. Now, some people said, well, what's wrong with that? According to the complaint, Marvel and Johansson agreed that her compensation for the Black Widow movie would be based largely on box office receipts. Mm-hmm. And so to maximize these receipts and thereby protect her financial interests, the actor made the studio promise the movie would be exclusively released in theaters. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Right. If you're telling me you're going to give me the money um, off of box office receipts, then you need to... Re- uh, to release it only in the theater. But if it's, if it's on TV, she's not there getting you go. that money. Her attorneys wrote that the studio's parent company, Disney, was well aware of this promise, but released the movie on Disney Plus anyway. Mm-hmm. Over area house and look at it. The reasons for this were twofold, the complaint states, alleging that the company wanted to lure viewers away from the theater so they wouldn't have to pay her what they, you know, what they should have paid her. Yeah, but so, paying Disney. 
Huh? Yeah, but you're paying Disney. Who's paying Disney? The, the people that got Disney Plus thing. Yeah, but but she doesn't get money from right, Disney Plus. Right, she won't. Right. Yeah. She, but so so the lawyer is saying you did that on purpose, so you, you purposely didn't have to pay her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and he said they released it on the Plus to keep viewers from going to the movies. Because yeah. if you can watch it on TV or go to the movie, you know, you're gonna, yeah. most people are going to do it on, uh, TV. on TV. Mm-hmm. He says, it says uh, they wanted to lure viewers away from the theater and to its streaming service where it could keep the revenues for itself and grow its subscriber base and substantially devalue Miss Johansson's agreement and thereby enrich itself. Mm-hmm. Now that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And she got a case. That makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. So she is so now she got $20 million for doing the movie. Okay, but she could have made thirty million. Yeah, you know, so um, and continue to make exactly. It. <laughs> so she's suing them. She's going to court and saying, "Nah, y'all, uh, y'all nah, got uh, me twisted. I don't agree. <laughs> I don't agree." So good, good. I uh, hope I, I wish her the I best. Like her I anyway. hope she wins. I hope yeah. she wins her case because you know if that's true that that is bad. And that is all the time we have for today. We thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you next week. Bye for now. Toodles.